It is awesome to be here this morning with you guys. It is such a blessing to be with you guys here on this Senior Sunday where we get to celebrate our seniors who are now graduating high school, moving on to the next step, whether it be college or moving into the workforce or maybe going into a military academy. Um, but we are excited to be here this morning and celebrate with these seniors. Um, and I would love to articulate to you guys how awesome it is to be here this morning. Uh, my parents were reminding me at dinner last night um, that I am now teaching on the same stage that I was dedicated in as a child. Um, but I'm also, oh, that was cute. You guys just said awe for me. That was good. But I'm also all too familiar with what it's like to be in your seats. Maybe you've been coming here for several months now, and you're finally at that place in your faith where you're able to spiritually keep up with Pastor Marty's sermons, and you're at this place in your walk with the Lord where you are just giddy to get to church every Sunday. You get through your Bible studies, and you just can't wait to hear what Pastor Marty has to say about your sermons. And you get up this morning nice and early because you want to help out the parking situation, and you show up. And Pastor Marty has led a bunch of children on the stage. And you're thinking to yourself, what is going on and where is Pastor Marty? As much as I can empathize with where you're at right now this morning, I want to challenge you guys and encourage you to keep an open mind and not let your unmet expectations keep you from hearing what the Lord might have for you this morning through the testimonies of the seniors, through the worship that the band just gave us, or maybe from the story and the testimony that we're about to hear from the word of the Lord. My name is Jeremy Wittig, and I have the honor of running the high school ministry here at Burke Community Church. Um, as I said, um, and as Michael might, yeah, nice. As Pastor Michael Coffey might tell you, I am a product of this church. I am a product of this church. I remember as a kid being spiritually molded by Mr. Mark and Miss Monica's second grade class. I remember I was being taught biblical principles by Miss Bridget and Mr. Mauricio's fourth grade class. I remember being encouraged by Ben Allen's fifth grade class, and I remember sitting under the teachings of Kenneth McFadden in my middle school years while also sitting under the teachings of Pastor Matt Watson in my high school years. As I graduated high school, I went off to Liberty University, and throughout every summer, most of my summers at school, I couldn't help but apply for the internships here in the student ministry at BCC. So I spent my summers here as well. As I graduated my undergrad and moved on to my uh, seminary degree at DTS, I couldn't help but apply for the open position in the high school ministry. So I'm still here. Um, and so when I tell you I'm a product of this church, I truly do mean it. But as I look back at everything that God has done in my life, as I look at the people even in this room as I'm looking you in the eyes, the people who have ministered to me, people who have encouraged me, I cannot help but remember those who've guided and shaped my faith throughout the many years. Among those who, I'm, who I've already mentioned, I have to shout out my parents who showed me what it looks like to live a godly life, to sh who showed me what it looked like to follow the Lord, to commit my life to him and not just commit my Sundays to him. People who showed me what it looks like to be in a godly marriage. People who showed me what it looks like to love your children, love your spouse, and love the Lord most of all. I also think of the many pastors who have taught me over the many years, including Pastor Marty, who's been my senior pastor for as long as he's been here. And I think of my small group leaders, Chris Toth and Brian Souls, who throughout all of my middle school years and high school years were faithful to our small group, came every single Wednesday night for six years and poured their wisdom and their guidance into me, even 
with very long hair. However, as I look back at my life, and especially in this season right now, I'm all too aware that there is another hand, another character in my story who played the most important part in my testimony. And that man is the man Jesus Christ, who died for my sins and brought me through all these different seasons. Seniors, your stories are no different. You're finally graduated, which... Get it done! Well done, seniors. Congratulations. We are so excited for you. Some of you guys have been attending here for years and years. Some of you guys are brand new to the student ministry. Either way, I've gotten to know all of you. And I am so excited for the paths that the Lord has you on. Whether it be in this season, the next season, whether you're going off to college, going into the workforce, it is so awesome to be able to watch your story unfold. And as you look back at your life, especially your time in high school, middle school, and grade school, you're going to remember, and you're going to have the same list of people that I had, whether they be small group leaders, of course, your parents, leaders, teachers, pastors who guided you, who taught you, who encouraged you in your faith. The list goes on. All these people played such a significant role in your life, and we'd be remiss if we didn't take time today to thank them to remember our parents, to remember our leaders and people who have guided us in our lives so far. But seniors, if that's where our lists stop, then we're missing the one person who truly is the cause of our testimony. And this brings me to my main point, which is never forget to praise God. Never fail to praise the Lord. Seniors, never forget to praise the Lord. When we accomplish anything in life, whether it be an educational accomplishment, an occupational accomplishment, a relational accomplishment, you are going to go through many seasons and you're going to see many high moments in your life. And people are always going to have that question, how did you do it? And if our response to that question has everything to do with the people that are in our lives, but has nothing to do with God himself, then we've missed the point today. And we remember that we've failed to praise him. But that leads us to an awesome question. That question is why? If you have students, if you have anyone of a child of yours who's a millennial or a Gen Z, you know this is our favorite question. Every Bible study I've ever had ends with this question in one way or another. Every sermon that I give to the students has this question inside it. So it wouldn't make sense to preach here this morning without asking it myself. Why must we praise God? And I'm going to give you guys two reasons why we must praise the Lord. The first is because he's worthy. Regardless of whether or not we recognize it or not, the Lord is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our adoration. He is worthy of us looking at him and saying, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life, because he truly is the cause of our testimony. Psalm 16.2 says that all good things come from the Lord, and where we often miss the fact that God is the one who has brought us this far, when we remember, that's when we truly bring honor and glory to his name. The second reason why we must praise the Lord, and I want to spend just a few minutes on this this morning, is to prevent forgetfulness. In our high school class on Sunday mornings, we are going through the Old Testament. We're going through a curriculum called the Gospel Project. We're going all the way from the book of Genesis all the way through the end of the Old Testament, and then we're going to start in Matthew, and we're going to go all the way through the New Testament as well. But as we've gone through the story of the Old Testament, as we've gone through what the Lord has done in the Israelites' life, we hit the story of Joshua. 
which is a story that we're going to touch on today. So if you would open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 23, we'll start there. Throughout Joshua's life as the leader of Israel, Israel saw victory after victory. They were able to cross over the Jordan River very early on in Joshua's leadership. They took the city of Jericho as soon as they crossed. And they had victories over dozens of people groups, including the Gibeonites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and many otherites. Leaving Israel as the sole primary owners of this promised land that God had given to the Israelites. And through Joshua's leadership, they divided up the land into the 12 tribes of Israel. And Israel saw these victories. They watched Joshua lead them through these victories. They watched Joshua lead confidently as the Lord led Joshua. Joshua, as the leader of the Israelites, then brings all of Israel together before he dies. And he gives Israel two speeches. We're going to look at one of them this morning in chapter 23 of the book of Joshua. In verse 8 of this chapter... He says, you shall cling, therefore, to whom? To the Lord your God, just as you have done to this day. Why? Because the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. As for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man puts to flight a thousand, since it is the Lord your God who fights for you, just as he promised you. And he concludes in verse 11 with this. He says, be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. Joshua, who has led the Israelites through all these amazing victories, who has dozens of reasons to bring glory to either himself or to the Israelite army for accomplishing these things or to the previous leaders of the nation of Israel, looks to God at the end of his life And says, Israel, remember who brought you this far. Remember who was the true cause of your stories. Because Joshua knows that it was only through the hand of God that they saw those victories. You see, many times we see ourselves going through this cycle in our lives. And it's the same cycle that we see the Israelites go through after the death of Joshua throughout the book of Judges. Where the Israelites will find themselves in a place where they are distraught a place where they're stuck, a place where they're struggling. And they'll turn to the Lord and they'll say, God, I need you. God, I need your help. I need you to enter into my life. I need you to convict me. I need you to make my life come, bring the pieces back together. And regardless of how much we've walked away from the Lord, regardless of how far off the path that we are, that the Lord has provided for us and commanded us to walk, when we look to the Lord and we ask him to be with us, he turns, he sees us. He hears our cry, and he comes to our aid. And we start seeing the pieces of our life come back together. And like in Matthew, when it says, if you seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added to you. And we start seeing those things happen when we turn to the Lord and when he comes to our aid. But unfortunately, as we go through this cycle, unlike Joshua, we often fail to praise God. We forget to remember that it was him who got us this far in the first place. We get so fixated on the good things that are happening in our life that we fail to remember the person who provided us with those things in the first place. And we forget to fail God. 
But here's where it gets a little dicey for us this morning. Was Joshua alone? Was Joshua alone in his story? No. Oftentimes when we think of people like Joshua and we think of the leaders of the Old Testament like Moses, we think of these soul warriors who go all out, all on their own without any help to go rescue Israel. But that's not the case in Joshua's life. Early on in Joshua's life, Joshua had Moses to train him and to teach him. In fact, as terrible as the estimate is, I found out that it was estimated that Joshua was anywhere between 50 years old and 83 years old when Moses had died. And so for at least the first 50 years of Joshua's life, he sat under the teaching of Moses. He sat under the leadership of Moses. He was guided by Moses. He was taught by Moses. And when Moses died and Joshua was implementing all the things that he saw Moses do in his life, God gave him Caleb a friend who encouraged him, who loved him as a brother and helped guide him in his journey when Moses passed away. So Joshua wasn't alone. Joshua had a mentor and a teacher in Moses and he had a friend and a cohort in Caleb. But still yet at the end of his life, we see that Joshua was aware that in the end and most importantly, Joshua had the Lord on his side. And at the end of the day, whatever good came about, Joshua knew that it was from the Lord God himself who provided it. So even though God is the cause of our testimony, even though the Lord is the one who guides our paths, he chooses to use people as his tools to complete that story. Which guides me to the challenge for us this morning. I'm going to give you guys a challenge this morning in three different categories. It's up to you to do the math and figure out which category you fall under. The first category is the application for the unbeliever. The application is simple, if that's you. When people let you down, God is faithful. Though people let you down, God is faithful. In this church, we study an ancient text It's an old book. And if you're hearing this story, the story of Joshua, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? That kid died thousands of years ago. Why do I care what his life has for me? Why do I care what he might say to me? And if that's where you're at, let me just tell you personally that when I compare the relationships with the people in my life and compare them to the relationship that I have with my father, I can tell you that he is the only one who will ever leave, not leave you. He is the only one who will never fail you. He is the only one who will never leave you nor forsake you. In life, even, even in good things, right, where we have our seniors who are leaving off and going off to college, going off to a new job, leaving the state, maybe even leaving the country, it's a good thing for people to mature and seniors to leave and move on to what the calling of the Lord is for their life. But even in those situations, parents, you're not going with them. You're not going with them to school as much as you want to. You can't. How many times do I have to tell my mother, you're not coming to school with me. I'm going alone. Seniors, you will be alone. And if you fail now to praise the Lord in this season, in that season, when your parents aren't there, you might find yourself more alone than you could. But again, back to our unbelieving friends. The Lord 
is the only one who will never fail you. He's the only one who will never leave you. He is the only one who will never forsake you. And I know him. Those of us in this room who have a relationship with him, we speak with him. We have a relationship with him. And not only that, but there is irrefutable evidence everywhere for his existence. I look out at creation, I see trees and the way they're made, and it baffles me. I study biology, and I see the way our our bodies work, the way that our brains communicate with our muscles, the way that our bones coordinate with each other. All of it points towards the existence of a God. And so the question, therefore, is not, do you believe that he exists? The question, therefore, is, am I willing to give my life to him and trust him more than I do the people that are in my life. The second category is for the rest of our congregation. And I have two applications for you guys. And my first one is a humble point as I don't have any kids, so I'm not in your shoes, but I'm gonna challenge you guys to trust the Lord with your kids. Trust the Lord with your kids. If you have a senior here today, I've watched my parents go through this season many times. I'm one of seven kids, okay? I've watched them go through it more than once. Trusting God in this season is tough, and it's hard to let go for a lot of reasons. But I know your students, as I mentioned before. I have relationships with them. I've seen the fruit that came from the wisdom that you poured into them, the love that you showed them over the many years. When they go off to college, they're carrying all those things with them. But now you are at a place where you're being called to trust the Lord with them completely and fully. So that's my first challenge to you as a congregation is to trust the Lord with your children. And the second application is to serve the Lord. When I tell you that I'm a product of this church, I mean that I credit major portions of my faith, of my life, of my journey to the people who served here faithfully at Burke Community Church. It was people just like you who on a senior Sunday said yes to this challenge and to this call to serve, who are, the, who are those who impacted my life in such a great way. And it's people just like you who said yes to the challenge, who are the reason why these seniors are sitting in the seats that they're in this morning as well. If God uses people as his tools and his instruments of choice, are you making yourself available to be a part of his plan? Are you making yourself available to be a part of his plan? The student ministry alone, over our fall ministry, we're looking for 10 male leaders and 12 female leaders. That's a lot of leaders. In camp, we're going to camp at the end of July, and we're still looking for two males and three, uh, sorry, two females and three male leaders to help us out as well. The children's ministry is constantly in need of volunteers, and almost every ministry here at the church runs almost entirely off of our volunteers. If you guys are interested in getting involved, if you're interested in helping out, if you go onto the Burke Community app, you tap the More button, you can see more volunteer options there. But service is something we're called to as a church, and I stand before you as a testimony to those who said yes to that challenge to serve. And the third and final application is for our seniors. First, don't fail to praise God. Don't fail to praise God. And I'm talking specifically about your life right now. I know what it's like to be in your seats. 
And I remember what it was like as the devil would tempt me with that thought that this isn't that big of a deal. But know that to diminish this accomplishment to graduating high school is to diminish what God has done, not what you've done, what God has done in your life. Don't fail to praise him for it. Don't fail to praise him for the ways he's been faithful, the ways that he's been good, the ways that he's brought you through, both the educational challenge of graduating, but also the relational challenge. I'm also here to share that testimony with you, that if you choose to praise the Lord today, in six months when you're in college, and you are struggling with sleep deprivation, and you are questioning every decision you've ever made, including the one to go to college in the first place, you're studying for the next exam, you're struggling for your, with your first full-time job, if you praise him today, then in that season, you'll remember who got you this far. And if you're wise, you'll let him become part of the next season of your life. Finally, seniors, as you leave, look out for the people that God is putting in your life to guide you and to encourage you in your faith. There are people waiting at your schools, at your places of work, at the state that you're moving to, who God has put there specifically to guide you, to encourage you in your faith, and to push you in your relationship with him. Don't miss them. Don't fail to look out for them. God has put them there for a reason. As we close out today, I would like to invite all the seniors, that is high school seniors, that's good. <laughs> to stand up, wherever, whether you're sitting with your parents or you're sitting in the student section, if all of our high school seniors could stand up. <laughs> and I'd like to pray for you guys. So let's pray. God, you are such an awesome God. You are such a good God, Lord, and you love us, and you love these seniors so dearly, Lord. The parents of these seniors, the families of these seniors, the friends of these seniors are all here to congratulate them and to wish them a good luck. Lord, but would you be with them? God, would you comfort them? God, would you go before them to the schools and the places of work that they're heading to? Or would you remind them of your goodness while using the tools of the people that you choose to use in their lives to continue to push them to the, in the direction that you would have them go? God, this morning, there are other people in this room who are not graduating high school, who are in a season of, of flourishment. They're in a season of awesome things happening, Lord, and you're bringing the pieces of their life together. And God, if that's where we're at, Lord, convict us in our lack of praise of you, Lord. Show us and remind us the importance of praising you for the good things that are in our life. God, be with these seniors. Lord, show them grace and mercy and love. As they go off to whatever journey they're heading off to, Lord, be with them. Go before them and guide them, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen. <laughs>